Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known. It is our first episode of 2022. We watched the first episode of Book of Boba Fett on Disney+. We also did a 2021 year in review, some of the highs, some of the lows, a lot of the lows. And then finally, we also watched The Tragedy of Macbeth. Spoiler alert for Book of Boba Fett. I don't really know if you need a spoiler alert for Tragedy of Macbeth. It's a Shakespeare play that's been around for a very long time, but technically speaking, I will issue that as well. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? We finally got it. We finally got Book of Boba Fett. How did you two feel about it? I'm guessing I'm in the, the, the uh, not popular here. I loved it. Did you really? Yeah. I thought it was very boring. I was like, I could not believe they devoted so much time to flashbacks. Like, I was just like, I do not, I could not care less about how he came back. I guess, I don't know. I mean... I guess it's good to know it makes sense, but I just kind of, I wanted to get to the point. Like, I wanted to know, like, what's the show going to be about? Did it make sense? I just refuse to believe that a flamethrower, you know, that a flame, nobody has tried to use a flamethrower on the Sarlacc pit before. And also that he can punch his way through solidly packed sand. Like, just from the get-go, I was, I was very upset. And I was also bored. I was also bored by it. Like, I'm in, I'm in camp. Just, I didn't. I didn't feel like they had chemistry either, which makes me sad. Oh, man, I felt the entire opposite about all of it. I was like... Did we watch different shows? Yeah, I think we did, because I literally... And when it, I was like, please don't end, please don't end. When it ended, I watched it again. I'm not joking. Really? Yeah, I, I was. I loved it. I, I've never cared about the character before. I am in the camp of not being thrilled that he's back anyway. Like, I think it's such a weird... Like, it's just a fan service thing. I thought it was the prequel stuff was fan service. All the stuff, I just... I'm like... Eh. You know, they just decided this character who looked cool, had a cool voice, and had, like, a decently cool, very minor little role in the original films, uh, has just gotten made up to be this thing that people are obsessed with, and I never really understood it. That's not to say I don't do that with things. I'm not shading people, but I just mean it's never, I just never clicked with me, and I never really got it. And so I, my, one of my big bumps on Mando Season 2 was when we found out that that was him. I remember right. just feeling like, oh, God, so he's just been wandering around tattooing aimlessly for five years and blah, 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 and all these things. And I just was like rolling my eyes at it, but like, whatever. And so I don't know. I had low expectations for this. I really like Fennec, but I don't know, going in, I, I really like their chemistry. I like seeing that he is this fallible character, which I think is upsetting people, but I like it. It's making me actually invest in him as a character rather than just okay he's this badass that I don't understand you know but I liked seeing the flashbacks and how he got out and all the stuff because it was making me it felt nostalgic to me I liked feeling that it was Return of the Jedi times and I was I was into everything that I was seeing and I really thought the journey was kind of fun I don't know I just liked it I had a good time so here's my thing. I don't mind him being fallible. Like, that's fine. I'm on board with that. I'm almost on Well, I was going to say I'm on board with more backstory, but we've had too much backstory <laughs> for these characters before. But my biggest frustration with this episode is I did not feel like it set up any stakes for the season ahead. You know, I don't know what his... Uh, yes, we get his goal is that he won't rule with fear, but what does this character want? Like, it, to establish himself? Like, what is he... I, I just don't know what he wants here is there some sort of weird sand people storyline where he's gonna like liberate the I, like i don't know and i didn't care mm. by the end of it you know i i feel like 
they're bringing in a lot of characters who we you know sort of know like you said there's they've been minor roles and things before and they're like trying to flush them out a little bit but if you don't have a larger purpose for storytelling i what's the point of a show yeah i guess i feel i feel in the camp of what does tatooine look like after jabba gets killed and i have thought that before just because jabba is you know practically runs Jabba's, practically yeah, runs tattoo right. or used to run it because he's so politically savvy and so i find i guess it interesting that if boba's going to be the one to then okay i'm going to be ruling tattooing now we don't know i guess yet exactly how things were under what's his face um can't remember his name the guy Bib fortuna. Bib fortuna you know because he was there for some time right but we don't so we don't know how things were i guess but i this idea of boba i think looking for i think kind of looking for identity i think that's what they try to set up here is with his character with prequels and all that stuff and we see what Django Fett's legacy is, and it was the clones, and it was a thing that was really cool for a while, and then it turned out not being that great, right? But it's something where I think that Boba, I think they're painting him as this, like, wanderer who, of course, fell into being a bounty hunter and doing, like, what his father was doing, but now has an opportunity to do something interesting and try to, like, okay, now he's going to have power. He's not Mandalorian, right? He just has the armor, and mm-hmm. he's, I don't know, so... I'm only thinking that it's going to be a very politically driven kind of let's see as he, as we try to set up this new, not that he's the government, you know, because it's the crime syndicate, but it, it's this thing where, I don't know, I find crime syndicates very interesting as well. And I'm very into the Darth Maul Crimson Crimson Dawn stuff as well. And like, I, I like the Star Wars crime syndicate stories. And so I also am probably projecting what I know about those and other material onto what, how interesting I think this could be because of that stuff. So that's probably I would, part of I it. would agree with that. Yes, I, I the idea <laughs> of it because I'm finally kind of liking him as a or or seeing a way of me actually liking him as a character, but liking his dynamic with Fennec. I'm I'm interested to see how they rule, and I like I like the dynamic. I love that every turn she's just kind of like, "Do you want me to kill him?" And I love that. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. I just I felt like kind of like with Hawkeye, their timing felt off. In terms of comedy, like as the actors, mm. right? Not necessarily the characters. You know, I I feel like there was just pacing missing. And I, I have to say, in my head, I've been holding on to the thing. I saw this tweet from some guy named Daniel Kunkka. But he said, but seriously, Disney has the entire Star Wars universe at their disposal. And their first two big shows are about two of the exact same dudes. It's like if they made a show called Stormtrooper and other Stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that held true to me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I yeah I I don't know I I really struggled with it I yeah I mean the thing is is like I'm I'm definitely gonna watch the second one I was surprised we only got one episode and kind of kind of let down in some ways because I didn't love this first episode so I'm still cautiously optimistic it'll go somewhere that I won't I'm interested in but I didn't feel like as a pilot it particularly hooked me into anything I, yeah, I agree with that. I think it would take a, a truly act of fighting your way out of the Sarlacc pit for this to claw its way somewhere. And that's not to say it's not possible, as we've seen from this episode. But I have a question. Do the, I guess they're called Twi'leks, the people mm-hmm. with the tentacles off their heads, 
Do we think Bib Fortuna just didn't have dental insurance? Because every version we've seen since has like pearly white sharp teeth. And I just remember, you know, seeing Bib Fortuna first when we first meet him in the original trilogy and being like, oh, scary, you know, he's scary. And then we have all these like well-coiffed, sexy yeah. women and men in this. And I'm like, was Bib Fortuna just like a weirdo? But Bib Fortuna was just unfortunate so so much so and it was like you know even even ula was her name but the one who was job a slave in java's palace before leia got there who got eaten mm-hmm. by the rancor she was hot too it's like they they have a history of except for him <laughs> kind of being kind of being sexualized i well, think you know yeah twilight women are often sex slaves it's like um their uh, their whole planet's gotten like taken over by slavers and it's like a big thing but but the other dude we met, the one who was the mayor's whatever, you know, he had very pearly white. Yeah, yeah. No, he did, like, yeah. Did we not want to bother yeah. with these anymore? Yeah. It was such a minor thing, but the fact that I was, like, picking up on that and not paying attention sure, sure, to the yeah. rest of it. No, yeah, know? that's funny. But I also, I was happy because once we got to the cantina, which I really liked it in there, and I, I was like, oh, wow, I really, this feels like the first place we've ever been in Tatooine where there's probably some air conditioning. But because it, it looked nice in there, I was like, "Oh, I'd go in that one." But anyway, I love Jennifer Beals, and I was really excited. I knew she was in this, and I knew she was playing one. But uh, I was excited to already get to her. And when she had servants, and we had a sexy guy as well, we don't see that because you see a lot of them in animated shows and other things as well. Right, but right, it's, right. you never see the guys being uh, sexualized. sexualized in that way. And I was yeah, like, objectified, was, objectified. That's, I guess. That was the word yeah, I was looking for. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, yeah." I was like, "Oh, okay." Good um, equal opportunity yeah. sex slaves. Well, Wonderful. We've progressed. And then we and I and I knew going in that looking at her character just from the teaser, it was kind of like, okay, it looks like she's a hopefully a fully formed person who's not being yeah, yeah. objectified. Which Harris and Dula in, in uh Rebels is a huge character in Rebels and she's she's not objectified and it's wonderful and I love her. But I think there's a chance we will get her in live action, I think maybe in the end or show. But um mm. that's just a weird prediction I have. But other than her, I haven't really seen anybody yet besides Jennifer Beals, who was like not objectified as a woman. Yeah, my my reaction to when we went to the cantina was, how dare they change songs? How dare they be playing something new? <laughs> okay, but Max Rebo was in there, which is really exciting. I, <laughs> yeah, like, so, Max Rebo's so play there. play your greatest hits or else. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, oh, I'm glad to see. That I only want to hear well. one song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we all know what the song. Is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's on a loop I, the whole time, I, as it should be. I, this I, this is just me nitpicking at this point, but you know, I I also just I don't understand what they've done with Fennec's character because you know in in Mandalorian they establish her as top notch assassin, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then when they get in that weird shield fight. Mm-hmm. She just starts taking all these hits. And I kept waiting for a moment for her to like do something big and burst out of it and, you know, disarm the shields or something, whatever. And then it takes the, whatever they're, I call them the pig, Gamorians? Is that what they're, I don't know what they're yeah, called. Yeah, the Gamorian the pig guards. The pig dudes. Yeah. Gamorian guards to show up. And then suddenly, you know, suddenly she's back to being this super parkour master assassin person. I'm like, what, what happened here? Like what, why yeah, did, I, what is going on? I think that, and I am curious to know who those assassins were personally but i think that we are supposed to have gotten that they are um pretty skilled because i don't know when they were trapped in the shield circle the last time we see her before the gormorians show up again like she does do this like cool double jump thing up the shields trying to see if she can get high enough to get over it and she can't because they're, they're too tall but they're but does that take skill or is that just like good equipment for them 
Yeah. Oh, I'm saying I, I I think that they might have both. I think the equipment is like they were trapped in these shields that they cannot jump over because they can only do so mm-hmm. much as people. And then I think that their fighters were, and especially because the even the pursuit on the rooftop, like she still owned them, but it was you know it was a pursuit. It wasn't just like a real quick like what I would expect. Yeah. And so I think that we're supposed to think that these people are really highly trained. But yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't know. It just it it was such a twist from taking a real beating and then suddenly being like, okay, I'm gonna compete in like American Ninja Warriors, Angelina. Yeah, but see, I had an opposite interaction with her or an interaction experience where I was thinking in her the episode that Robert Rodriguez also directed in Mando season two, which of course was very stressful. I thought the Fennec Boba stuff in that episode was all really clunky. And I thought it was kind of ridiculous how hard it was for them to fight these stormtroopers. And mm-hmm. so I didn't bump on it as hard here because I thought they already were kind of lame there. <laughs> I think all so. right, that's... You know what I mean? <laughs> but Yeah. But that's... yeah, who knows? Yes, that's fair. Yeah, but who knows? We'll see. I mean, hopefully they use her properly. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I think the only other thing I really, to quote both of you, bumped on hard was the sand monster man. Oh. Where... The CG was just. Uh, yeah, that one didn't look super, super great. I did. I no. It was. And also, I don't. I, whatever we're doing with the sand people, I'm not into. I I don't need. I did. I felt like he was like Dune fighting his way into the tribe or something like that. It's <laughs> like, and also, what the hell is Red Greedo dude doing? Like, what what is the motivation here? What is the motivation of the well, show? Well, and I think that like I think the. I think it's going to come into some point here where the sand people, because the sand people, I mean, it seems to be their MO that they just enslave people that they find. And so I think that him gaining their respect is going to end up being something that matters yeah, probably. with when he's ruling as Jabba. Cause you know, they, they, they don't, they were fine with Mando, right? Like with Din in the show, like <laughs> they, they respected him cause they feared him, I think, because he was like capable of, well also didn't you know, he speak? Or a community. Yeah, he was able to. And so they were like, okay, cool, whatever. But from what we've seen in history, where it goes, A New Hope, when they come across Luke before Obi Wan kind of saves them, or even in the prequels with with Shimi Skywalker, it's like they just enslave and then work people to the bone, and then eventually the people die. It's like they're just, these sand people are just terrible. (laughs) And it's kind of interesting because it's like, well, why? I, to your point, it's just kind of, this has been so done already. And do we really care if anyone's going to be friends with sand people anymore? Right, unless this turns into literally a Dune situation sure. where he needs to harness sand power. <laughs> yeah, that I mean. water sand that they're people, digging for. The Fremen, like, <laughs> if a sand... I mean, we basically have sand... I, oh, yeah, my God. The, the great dragons are already there. That's already canon, oh, so... God. We've already gotten... We got this movie at the end of like, last year. We don't need it again. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're all going to watch it. Yeah. It's not It's not like we're not, but I. It, it's slightly less appointment television for me right now. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Anything else on... I'm looking forward to it. I agree that we that we should have had more than one episode, but then I was like, I wonder if that means the second episode, something crazy happens or something. But I was like, I felt like we should have had more than one. So this is a little bit inside baseball, and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk. But I think I'm allowed to talk to it. I mean, I was very stressed out because they didn't provide screeners more broadly to the press. It's quite possible a lot of press outlets got them, but, you know, I did get Mandalorian. I've gotten some of the Marvel shows, and I was really, you know, I was like, wow, maybe they really want to keep this under wraps because it's either spectacular or... Divisive, we'll say. Yeah. And so I, you, you both know me. I don't stay up very well. <laughs> I pass out very easily. But I was like, okay, set an alarm for 12 o'clock. Like, you know, wake up, watch watch the first episode. We're going to be great. I woke up at about 11.45 p.m. And I saw that I had an email. And I was like, 
you know, it said, okay, you have, you'll have access, you have access to a screen. I was like, yay, I just was dumb and fell asleep. Like, okay, let me log in and, you know, I'll have a 15 whole minute head start. <laughs> nope. The screener released at 12.01 AM, which meant that, you know, we got access, which I'm not, this is a first world problem. I'm not complaining, yeah. but it was uh, slightly different than their normal release strategy, I would say. And it's weird. And I, maybe it is. Maybe it's just what you're saying, divisive. But it's interesting because it's also partly, again, you were getting it from Mando and stuff. So this is negates what I'm about to say. But obviously, they don't need to do any advertising for this. Like everyone who cares is going to watch it. But yes, it's still interesting. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like they don't need it. But it, I was seeing literal television ads yeah. and like little pop up things for it. So I was like, oh, who are we? Who are we? Go like who? I don't. I'm not quite sure. Yeah what was happening they're, they're here, gunning but... for an audience that they're not that they don't have somewhere and it's interesting because yeah they don't they didn't think that like you said that the press should have access to it which probably means they don't think it's that good well yeah or you know to their to and to almost defend them the star wars fandom is uh not the healthiest place and what? so i could i could see them yeah what i'm like i don't know shocking. we're part of different fandoms i don't know yeah, I don't know. Um, her? <laughs> I don't even know her. But uh, anyway, it's, it's you know, it's neither here nor there. But it was an interesting moment. And then I felt really dumb being like, oh, no, I missed it. Because that email had come in at like 8 p.m. And I was like, I could have watched it. Not. And then, you know, no, absolutely not the case. Anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> we have we've completed a whole year, a full calendar year of this the show. We watched a lot of stuff. And so now it is, it's our time to reflect on some of the the joys does anyone have a category they feel strongly about that we want to start the with joys and, and the, the peaks and the valleys the peaks and some valleys you know yeah i'm gonna start with what was everyone's most fun rewatch that you watched last in 2021 i would say the fugitive <laughs> i oh. had like i hadn't seen that movie in a very long time you know and i was like it it still bangs, you know. It's still a good film. Like it's still a good time. Like yeah, Harrison Ford can get you know, it. It's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, this was this is a good film. It made me happy. Yeah, because what was the movie that was like a remake of it that we watched? Wasn't we watched something that was similar? We watched it. Really we watched that actually for this, didn't we? Did we? Well, we 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 talked about watching it. Maybe it wasn't required that we did, but they there was a movie on Netflix that oh, God. came out that was like a <laughs> soft remake of it or something and so we were like let's watch the fugitive and that i forgot about that until you just said that but <laughs> I, I forgot about whatever yeah, movie i just remember i was like you know i was doing my homework and i was like thinking and it was the first thing that came to mind and i was like yeah, yeah. that's a great that i mean it's a good fun. choice i just don't remember what the netflix film was yeah yeah i mean see that's the problem yeah. when you try to go up against titans you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, do you have one? Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because I was thinking about this and it's hard not to just think in really recent days because I, you know. Yeah, it does skewer I, towards like end of the year. Yeah, it's one of those things where I rewatch, I rewatch things constantly. I'm, I'm a chronic You movies. cannot say Doctor Strange. No, 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 I won't. <laughs> no, I mean, I, no, I did have fun watching that this year, but no. But I, I do watch things constantly. So it's, there aren't many things that I go revisit that I haven't done in five years. Like I usually, if I like it, I'm watching it a lot. But yeah, but. One that I did on a whim, even just the other night, was I just watched the original X-Men and X-Men 2 United back-to-back. Oh. -back. I okay. love those films, the second one in particular. But 
I had such, it was just like a wonderful night. It was not expected and it was like raining and I was like, I didn't know what I was going to watch and I just decided to put them on and it was so wonderful. And I was like, they are these movies to me. I mean, some of the effects are questionable, whatever, of course, but they age pretty well. And okay. I think that as, the story wise, I'm going to say for both of them, but I think especially as a, as an entire film, X-Men 2, I still think is better than most of the superhero things we're getting today. I think that's fair. And so, uh, I strongly, strongly uh, recommend watching those and only those. I'm going to say Dark Phoenix forever. <laughs> I, think we stop, I think we stop after them, but you know. There is no, there, I don't. There's I'm, I'm shocked you didn't pick New Mutants and, well, <laughs> and include know. that with them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so mine is one we actually did watch for this. Uh, Goldeneye. Yeah, I thought about that. I had not watched it in such a long time. And I, you know, again, we talked about it extensively. It still has problems, but it was, just, it's such, and then over the Dang, holidays, man. my sister and I busted out the N64 mm-hmm. and played Slappers only. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> but the, the, the pin clicking scene is oh, just so good. Classic, amazing cinema. Yes. It's a good time. Every time you watch it, you can't help yourself but be on the edge of your seat counting. That was a fun week for yeah. me overall because I really liked the new James Bond as well, right? And so watching GoldenEye and then watching Casino Royale, my other favorite, and then the new one was a fun week for me. So I, I also agree yeah. with that. I'm glad because we had some less than fun. Weeks. We did. There were some weeks that weren't great. <laughs> yeah, there was were. a good one for me. My, my runner-up was Hero. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yes. Hero. Mm-hmm. I had a good time watching that again. I'll segue that because we watched Hero into as a as homework as homework for um, Shang Chi. And so, what was your favorite Marvel movie? I'm just gonna blurt mine because you'll you'll guess which one it was. It was Shang Chi. Oh, but I I are you surprised? No, because I know it was, but you were debating Spider Man. Oh, time with Spider Man, kind of yeah. But you had to like I know. Cool a little so. I think I think just what it means for the larger MCU, what it means for like representation as a whole. I I think it just plus Tony Leung, um, but I was having trouble guessing which two you would pick, like which you two would pick Eternals, because I really because I thought Black Widow was gonna be a it's Black Widow for me. Okay, that's that's what I had written down. I mean, I'll um, just but I thought I thought it was gonna. I'll be. just tell you right now, Eternals is my favorite movie of the year. Really? Okay, so you're really excited for nine days. Yeah, I've pre-ordered my 4K already. Because oh <laughs> because movies that I'm obsessed with on that level, I I like to own. The yeah, yeah, you want to still, own, so I still it. buy them. But yeah, I, I'm very excited. Yeah. I love that movie so much. Did you even consider Black Widow as as coming close? Oh, not oh, no, only because I know Eternals is my favorite of the year. But if okay. I hadn't been thinking about my favorites of the year already, I would have been like, okay, let me look at what came out and try to figure, you know, uh, as far yeah. as Marvel goes. But yeah, because the category was specifically Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, well, oh, since I'm... Eternals is my favorite movie of the year, obviously. Yeah, so, yeah, You it's... know, I was like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. All right. Well, I thought it was going to be closer than that. No, look, we all have three different. And I love all of our, oh. I love all three of them. Yeah, yeah it was, I, I mean, mean. I love the Eternals and Shang-Chi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, not. It's we had a we had an abundant like a, a, an embarrassment of riches. It's like what's your favorite? Yeah. What's your favorite Lord of the Rings movie? Like I, I think this was such shows <laughs> shows aside. Even people always want. I'm not going to pick. No, I won't do it. Don't shows. It's like shows aside. If you <laughs> yeah, even if you even if you left the shows out of it, Marvel films. I really think this was one of the stronger years we've had. You know, and obviously we had more films oh, in agreed. one year than we normally do. But you know and spider-man again i had my things but i like i think it's perfectly wonderfully fine as a film but the other three especially i think that's a really solid year well i think the problem is you know it bogged it down and this comes into like the question of all right well what do we consider a marvel film is like venom you know because yeah. <laughs> it's not but it is right. especially right. as a byproduct of spider-man this year so 
Well, uh, you know, jumping off of that, what is our favorite Marvel show? WandaVision. Yes. Yeah, it's that's a that's an interesting question for me. It's a hard one because I I think as a whole of what it what it is as a whole, I think WandaVision is the coolest idea of a show, but I think I enjoyed Falcon Winter Soldier more all over because when I rewatched WandaVision, there are parts I that knew I knew you find, were going to pick. I really enjoyed it and but also WandaVision, I just, I think it, I think that if it wasn't for the fact that they wanted it to be a show because it was a sitcom thing at the beginning, I think it should have been a movie. I just think it would have been better and tighter personally. But I think that what it achieves is my favorite thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it as a streaming because I do think it set the bar really, really high mm-hmm. for what Marvel shows should be. And I don't know if that had come out as a movie, it would have been as sort of creative with some of the stuff yeah. you know i think the whole premise of it being a show is what sold it but yeah oh yeah no i think i think this i think with what they did i think the yeah they used the show it's so hard to articulate they used the show uh structure really well and appropriately yeah. but when i look at the story of what happened i think i would have liked it all better as a film when i look at like getting did- from point a to point b but I, I liked I think, it. It's just, you know. But I don't I don't know if we had gotten like in like Agatha was such a fun character. And I don't know if that reveal over the course of two hours versus the course of however many hours the show ended up clocking in at would have felt as satisfying. Sure. Yeah, no, I could I could agree with that. That's just about yeah. But but you know, I think either way it would it would have been a fine movie we would have enjoyed. Yeah, I it, think but. everything in Westview I I'm like all here for. It's the noise outside of Westview that I I get kind of bored in when I Yeah, we definitely it. could have I think trimmed. that's what it is. I look at it as I'm like, eh, I just want to see the journey inside Westview. You know? But also <laughs> but. like how wonderful is it that we have like such good Marvel shows that we can be so mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. picky mm-hmm. about like how wonderful they all were. Yeah. Like, yes, it was you know, because even I knew WandaVision, of course, was my favorite just because, I don't know, emotionally connected to it the most out of, I guess, all of them. But it was still like a, oh, wow, I'm really going to say that over X, Y, Z, you know, which mm-hmm. I, I love. I love being able to say that. Yes. Yeah. I, I think we, you know, it, it was it was a weird year because I was doing my top films list for other stuff. And I was like, I still feel like there's an asterisk over this year, even though, ironically, we got even more stuff because so many of the 2020 films got pushed into this year or 2020 projects got pushed in. But I just felt like in some senses it was still really bogged down. And in other senses, it was like, there's too many things happening. It's a really, it's a really weird place to be. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's just say that. It really is. All right. So this one is, what is the sequel slash reboot or entry into a franchise that disappointed you most? I mean, see, disappointing is such a hard word because, like, do I go with what I thought was the absolute worst and I, I mean, hated every moment I was watching it, Jungle Cruise, or... I knew it. I knew somebody was going to bring up Jungle Cruise. (laughs) But it's not a sequel or a reboot. It's an entry into a franchise. Oh, sorry. I should have been more specific. I meant, like, you know... Uh, like, oh, like a new entry into an existing franchise. Yes, Oh, yes. I read that. Like, I understood that. Oh, exactly. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I guess if you want to allow it, you can, no, you can I mean, add it into, like, the Disney ride franchise <laughs> if you want to sneak it in that way. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just saying that clarifies things for me on my end. <laughs> But I could have worded it more clearly. <laughs> That's fair. Well, because now, now I have other things I can choose. 
I mean, you could still um, choose Jungle Cruise. I'm not going to. I knew one of you was going to pick Jungle Cruise at some point something. for something. <laughs> the second thing that pops to mind is Suicide Squad, which is interesting because I don't particularly love the first one. And so I didn't have huge expectations for the second mm, one. Except for the fact that everyone said it was good. And then it had my boy Savant in it, who I like from the comics and is has no resemblance to what happened on screen. I mean, the Harley Quinn stuff was incredible. But then <laughs> I hated the the starfish stuff. I hated it so I knew. Much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hated it so much. But it had much. King Shark. <laughs> oh, God. I hated it. Oh, I hated it so much. So I guess I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's, that's yeah. That, I think that fits the category, but you can still say Jungle Cruise if you want. <laughs> Yeah, this was a hard Matt, one. For like, me. I, I kind of already said both, you know. Yeah, yep, that's like, yep, yep, This was yep. also a hard one for me, just because. And I know this wasn't the intention with disappointment, but but I think disappointment. I think of something that I had actual had, hopes had for, expectations for. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was putting the Matrix Resurrections because I thought it. I really truly think it's a terrible movie. I just I think it's awful, and yeah. everything. But I also didn't think it would be good. You know what I mean? So like, I came out. <laughs> I didn't yeah. come out like feeling oh my God, so much potential and it disappointed me, but I was just like disappointed that it was, that it exists, I guess. So I, I still count. Yeah. It's just, ugh, why? So like, because there's a, there's a, you know, a sibling category to this one, which is like the most disappointing watch. And I was thinking about that and I was like, okay, well, I, I caveated that because I was like, what did you go into with really low expectations and then have even mm-hmm. lower for? And so the Matrix for me could fall into either of these categories. I'm going to pick something else for that one, but I'm close with you on the Matrix. I think, and it may just be because it's recent and just like that oh. was. Oh, yeah. Just, I was thinking, oh, yeah, you know, oh, and as funny as I was thinking movies. movies yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my, my is, sister is the one who actually yeah. reminded me of it. But I, cause when I mentioned this, you know, the category yeah. to her, she was like, oh, you know, sex and sex. I was like, oh, yeah. that's the correct answer probably. No, you're right. Cause I had, I wasn't thinking, oh, it's going to be amazing, but I had hopes that it would be. Um, you know, no, but something. I don't think we thought it was going to be. Uh, like, I thought it would be watchable. Right. When I was writing it, I was thinking about like, what What do you want to say? Like, no, I don't want any of this ever again as a byproduct yeah. of. And I think, and just like that was. The other The other thing that sort of sparked it was the third or fourth, whatever the latest to all the boys uh, um, yeah. film. And it's not, it didn't actually, but I was, you know, I was going through my list of movies I'd watched this year. And I was like, oh, that was just so disappointing. And I did like the other two. Yeah. Thus this category was born. <laughs> Yeah, well, and also, I mean, I would even throw in What If, honestly. What If you was... Know? I yeah. didn't have an expectation yeah. of that being amazing either, but I was just like, uh, I was just disappointed that I, I did watch it all. I couldn't and even... I was disappointed that I felt like I had to, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't even watch it, it all. Yeah. yeah. This was a, a low expectations one to start, but Hitman's Bodyguard's <laughs> Wife, for me... <laughs> I'm going to take the word on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, I, you know, I liked the first one. It was silly. It was fun. Whatever. I had no expectations for it going in. This one, I was like, okay, I guess they're making a sequel and watching it. I was just like, this feels like pulling teeth. Like, what happened here? I don't remember. And then I'm too afraid to go back and rewatch the first one because this was just, yikes. I guess we'll do the sibling category to this one. What is the most disappointing thing you watched that you had probably high expectations for? Or like Matrix, low to super low? I had a few that I had that was like going between back and forth here. My one that I landed on was the one that I was like, like you're saying, I was like, I really hope this is wonderful mm-hmm. and thought it could be because mm-hmm. I almost wanted to say Nightmare Alley, but I was like, but I didn't actually think it was going to be good. I just hoped it would be, mm-hmm. but it didn't, I, right. it didn't inspire confidence, but I was still disappointed. 
but I want to say nine days. Interesting. Because that I watched that trailer, and my initial reaction to that trailer was that this could be what this that has potential to be like one of my favorite movies. Like that's how I felt about the trailer. That is so funny. I completely forgot about nine days. I forgot about it too. But but you're right. I. I had exactly the same like because it had that feel of the movies well, the that I'm concept, with. and I was like, "This mm-hmm. might be yeah." My movie. And like, I just remember being so excited and like looking for it regularly to see when it was coming to LA, and like, yeah, no, I mean, I forgot about that, but yes, I agree. Jackie, did you have another one? I was gonna say that I was the most. I guess I confused the categories because I was gonna say Suicide Squad because <laughs> I wanted to like it. No, I think that's still. You know, I think it's, it's but, fair. But yeah, it's, you switched. The, yeah, yeah there, I mean, like, yeah, it it, it fits because I basically both. like I just wanted I wanted to like it because yeah, I really yeah, did yeah. I really did like Birds of Prey, and so I was just sort of even though I know that this was James Gunn and like whatever, and I didn't hate the first one as much as most people do. I didn't like I'm not obsessed with it or anything. But I didn't like hate it as much as everyone else seemed to, and then so I really wanted to like this so that like at least. There's a corner of DCU that I enjoy mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But they continually let me down. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat mine and say this does not make them bad films. I already I know. Think I my think. Ex- what do you think it is? I was gonna say the Green Knight. Yep, <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> I was gonna say she's she's softening the blow here. She's like, she's like the blow. No, he yep. loves this movie. It's not just you, no, no. but you know, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, my expectations for it were so different than what I ended up watching. And, you know, I don't think it disappointed me as much, but, like, Lamb falls into a similar category. I oh, would say or um, um, what was the Carrie Mulligan one? Um, dig. About, what was it called? <laughs> the Dig or whatever. Or dig. No. No. It was the one where she was, um, like, oh, that... going after her. Promising Young Woman? Yeah, that was technically. Promising Young Woman. That was technically oh, last really? year. really? Yeah. Yeah, technically wow. last year, but we may have watched it into that. Wow, interesting. I was. I, I could see that. that. Yeah, I could see I that. Being I thought that was going to be one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and okay, I really liked that last year, but I don't know how it holds up. Last night in Soho fell into the same category for me for just that makes whatever sense. my expectations were were not what I ended up watching. Yeah, I had considered again Lamb, and then another random one that doesn't. It's just, it's not even worthy of consideration. I just thought I was going to have a lot of fun with it, and it was Gunpowder Milkshake. <laughs> I really thought I was going to have fun with it. I don't know. I didn't think it'd be amazing, but I thought, oh, this will be really fun. And then I hated it. Really? That? Yeah. I I mean. I didn't even watch the trailer. I just saw the cast and the style. And I was like, oh, this yeah. could be fun. And I was like, put it, put it on. And I was like, I hate that, this. At that point in the year, I don't, I'm not trying to shade Netflix because I do think they have some really good stuff. But at that point in the year, we had clearly established that like Netflix original movie of the weeks were but good for you just, for still having. I just thought it could be fun. being optimistic. I was like, about oh, it. this could be like I didn't think it'd be good, but I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'll laugh. I'll all these things. Yeah, this could be like be, a break you know, in the monotony yeah, of it. Know. Yeah. And then it just, yeah, I was like, wow. But yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's a good segue into the category of what was the most frustrating Netflix original film. Thunder Force. <laughs> that's mine. I mean, a hundred percent. Was there anything <laughs> worse? Like, God, more potential. It's like having. Like, yeah. like, how do you have two such amazing, funny women together and make such a horribly unfunny film? I don't know, but we, that's what we got. I, what was it? I think it's called like Outside the Wire. I'm actually surprised that you two didn't pick Red Notice. 
No, I enjoyed Red Notice. That's my unexpected. Well, I was like, if you want, really, I was like, if you want a caveat, that was one of my unexpected enjoyable watches too. Wow. Yeah, like that was me. That was the one where I had no because, faith because Red that I was going to enjoy yeah. any moment of that film. Okay. Yeah. All right, I and I had that. a good fucking time. Literally, actually, I'm yeah. glad. I thought like I would prefer a lobotomy to watching that movie, and then I and then I like watched it, and I'm not watching it ever again. I have no intention of it. Sure, but I. I laughed enough and I was like actually okay. invested enough in the story that I was just like, okay, like I can actually get through this and it's fine. You know? Yeah. Right. So that's, that, that's where I was with that one. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised fine. by that. Cause I thought that was going to be our jungle cruise too, where YouTube will never forgive me for it. No. <laughs> okay. And jungle right. cruise isn't even your fault because I was going to watch it at some point. Yeah. Red notice. I, I never in a million years would have put on. That's <laughs> I wouldn't so it was risky for you. It was. Yeah. 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 It was. <laughs> it was I, took a, I took a gamble on that one. I don't think we actually discussed it on that, but one, one of mine is Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Mm-hmm. I oh, that was a good time. Love that movie. <laughs> and the problem is, is I didn't see it until after the hype, so it wasn't mm-hmm. unexpectedly enjoyable for okay. me because everyone was like, "No, no, really, you'll like this movie." Like, it's yeah. A good time. Well, see, and I, I didn't put it as my unexpected because. It can it for me. It came out of nowhere because I didn't know it was existing. But the second right. I saw that it existed, I fairly certain I was going to like it. But <laughs> it could have really disappointed me, and it would have got on my disappointment list because I right, right. saw the vibe and everything, and I thought, oh wow, that is for me. And so when I watched it, it was it came as no surprise that I loved it. But I was like, it could have been terrible, and I could have been. You know. Yes, I think my fear for it, even though it came out before Thunder Force, that it would be a yeah. Thunder Force like where I was like, this seems up my alley, and yeah. like, yeah. It, but I, a- I just, I had so much fun watching that. In fact, I rewatched it the other night because when I was prepping for it, I was like, I gotta rewatch. That's your favorite star. rewatch too. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Did you say your your rewatch? Or did- uh, Gold. Oh, you did Gold Knight. Yes, yes, yes. And, oh, yeah. and Hero. Yeah. Hero. Uh, another one that was on that list was Ever After. I thought oh, that was fun. a good one. Yeah. But oh, I feel I like I Ever After. Rewatch that one occasionally. And Brandy Cinderella. Come on. Brandy Cinderella was also the, you know, it was a good time. Oh, no, wait. No, Brandy Cinderella doesn't count as a rewatch for me because I'd never seen it. Oh, right. Oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The new Cinderella uh, was certainly one of the more disappointing watches. I don't. <laughs> my God. Because that also could oh, have wait. been fun, you know? Yeah. Wait, how did this not end up? I don't know how this didn't end up. What category did I write this down? You're for? like, how do I not have the new Cinderella on my list at all? No, no, it, it was, it's close. It's closely related, but I was like, I, I feel like I was trying to write a category and so I could just say Dear Evan Hansen oh, yeah. and how much I hate it. Just so you could say it. That could be just, just so I could say how much I hate it. I just want to remind people I hate Dear Evan Hansen. for you or it could be. It could be, but I, I don't knew I was not going to like it. you would like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But we'll, we'll go back to like the more positive. It can, we don't be, want to be, too it can be an entry about. into the Broadway musical as a film franchise. How about that? Oh my God. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, because we had a so lot many, of those this year. Yeah. So many of them this yeah. year. Okay. Let's do a standing performance in a movie. This is really hard for me to just choose one. But I mean, clearly we've not like stuck I mean, hardcore to just choose one. But <laughs> this is going to, I mean, part of this is just also because of who I am and how much I'm in love with her as a human. If you say dear Evan Hansen, I will <laughs> I thought about, I really thought he was great but no! I did, but I didn't put it on here. But I really did think he okay. was great. But um, you know that. What something that's kind of stood out to me in a way that doesn't didn't feel super expected is I really 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 thought that Michelle Pfeiffer in the French Exit was like sensational. Oh. And I didn't She did so good in that. I just didn't think I I knew I liked the movie when I saw it and I always love her and she's one of my favorites of all time, but I did not think that nearly it's not quite a year but nearly a year later that i would be like thinking that that performance stuck out to me more than others 
but it's the first thing that popped into my head. Huh, okay. But then I thought things like Emma Thompson and Cruella. I'm not saying that he's an Oscar, but I thought she was just a delight in that movie, and I remember her. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give and you. And this that. isn't an Oscar. I actually, that was actually my pick. I loved. Oh, it. oh yeah. So I like to choose, and like, I just feel like that one of the, that was a performance that helped make that movie enjoyable, right? Like, I think it was one of those performances that you know elevates a film. It, yeah, it made a decent. It made a decent film, like more than decent to me. Yeah. Because she was so delicious to and watch. I will say, for me, it made a film that I was inclined to hate semi-watchable. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it improved it. Yeah. yeah. And in that same yeah. vein, it ele- she elevated it. In that yeah. same vein, I'm not saying where's the Oscar necessarily, but I thought Florence Pugh as Yelena was an elevator. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I just thought she really, was, she truly, really came in and just, you know. Slight. I mean, mine is mine is of a similar vein. I went with Tony Leung in Shang Chi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was what a delight. Outstanding. I think it, it was. you know. I think he is the heart of the film. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it when we discussed the episode, but he was the best sort of antagonist we've had since Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's a, that's a good choice. And another one that was kind of a little bit of a sleeper for me here, but uh, Catherine Hunter in uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. She played the witches and the old man. No, I thought no, yeah. she was I amazing. Can't, I can't. I thought she I, was I, phenomenal. I really did, did. Jackie, did you watch Tragedy? Yeah, we went together. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, we might have to tack that on to the end of this episode because I have thought. <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah. Um, all right, but uh, we'll do outstanding performance in uh, TV or streaming. So the one I landed Elizabeth with- Olsen. Oh, okay. Olsen, yeah. For what? <laughs> WandaVision. What is she even doing lately, you know? For me, it was, it's, and this is so annoying to be like, I can't choose one, but it's, it's, Somehow shared between Jessica Chastain and, and Oscar Isaac in Scenes for Marriage because they are yeah. just, I can't even decide who's better in it. It's too much. And it's like they're so good in it that it's insane. It just is. And so it's funny that for me is a show that could theoretically, and maybe it's just because I didn't stick with it or I just wasn't in the right headspace for it, but it falls into the disappointing category. Yeah. yeah oh, but- yeah. No, totally. And, and I, I quite, I ended up liking it. But all of that aside, it was like their performances were just like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You can yeah, expect yeah. a performance outside yeah, yeah, of. That. And then I thought Gene Smart and Hacks was something that's, that's fine. Oh, Gene Smart and Hacks is fine. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I mean, yes, there's what I, I can't remember the younger actress, actress's name. But yeah, I can't remember. But I was just like, too. this show requires Gene it Smart. Requires like, it. only someone of Gene Smart's talent can carry this exactly. show. Exactly. And then you look at it and you're like, without her, this would just be something that would fade into the bad. background. This would be bad. So she was wonderful. And then I'm not saying give them all awards, but I wanted to give a shout out to the sex lives of college girls actresses. I think that they're all really fun. <laughs> like, I really I, like these I, girls. I enjoyed that show. Yeah, yeah. I think the show is super fun, but I love these girls. Like, Were you the one who told me that it was a Chalamet? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because now I can't unsee it. Yeah. It's all you can see. It's, it's Chalamet. Yes. But. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, it's just the faces transported onto each but they've all got their very specific little brand of comedy that I think they they play very well. Yeah. Uh, particularly her and then the con- the, the roommate who is trying to be a, a writer, comedian, comic writer. I think that they're amazing. Yeah. But it's it's a good, yeah. I, I like Yeah, it's out, a good show. I find, sometimes I find the like comedy world stuff a little too insider, but I still think it's a great show. Yeah. All right. What is the show or movie that was most enhanced by us like having it on, on the show as a discussion? This was the hardest one. For me, I think it probably Loki. 
I, it's still okay. a, like what if aside, it's still my least favorite of the Marvel shows, live mm-hmm. actions, right? And I still don't have a desire to rewatch it. And I'm like, eh. But I think that discussing it every week and talking about the theories and stuff was like requiring me to care about it more than I was mm-hmm. actually caring about it. And so it made it more fun to get through. But not in a way that was so arduous. No, well, I mean, no. you would watch it. Yeah, anyway. no, it wasn't yeah, torturous yeah. or anything. No, I don't and mean yeah, that. Like, yeah. yeah, it just was a thing where I think that it, and I think that doing this enhanced my experience watching it for whatever that's worth. Okay. So I think I land with that. Jackie? I, I couldn't really think of much, but I think, and I always like talking about movies, so it's not like, but I, th- I guess like my biggest opinion change from like the time I finished a movie to the time we're like done discussing it was probably Green Knight. Interesting. It was a little bit more, I just liked knowing the things I didn't pick up on, you know, and then kind of put together afterward made the movie better. Okay. Mine was Mayor of Easttown. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I would have stuck with it yeah. had we not been discussing it like there, there's a good chance i sure. would have just because the cultural zeitgeist was talking about it a lot but i think it made it much more fun and it took a show that was good in parts but <laughs> very uneven in others and made it you know similar to loki right like discussing the theories discussing whatever it was uh made it much more enjoyable for me okay oh, yeah, right. I, I also feel like we need like a, a like a name for the, the watchies like i don't know the, I mean, the what <laughs> the what I, I, you know like there's like the razzies and the oscar oh, whatever and, like the, the watchies, end of the year yeah. awards the watchies i don't know that's that's terrible okay. <laughs> i'll take it whatever okay uh the last one i had, had sent out in advance was what is something that you watched last year that you wish the other two would be into so we could have discussed it <laughs> <laughs> that one's easy for me and it's the bad batch Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I don't think it would have been necessarily something that weekly we needed to discuss. Yeah. But I think maybe watching the first one and then maybe checking in at the end or halfway through or something, I think there was a lot of really fun callbacks and fun stuff in that show, and I really loved it. And so it would have been nice to talk about. Fair enough. Survivor. I love Survivor. Oh, my God. It was well, a great for- season. I mean, I watched Survivor, so we could have met. We would have forced, had to force Matt into it. Yeah. But I guess the, the rules of the coin game were like you had to get the other two on board. Mine was Squid Game. Right. Mm. I still haven't done it. I know. I, do, <laughs> I know. I know. I loosely plan on it. I just it. wanted to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally what inspired the question. I was like, I just want to, I just want them to watch Squid Game. I just need, How to, do I I just need to bring this up again. Squid Game. I just want to talk about much like <laughs> I knew Jungle Cruise was gonna come up. I need to talk yeah, about You're Squid lucky Game. you didn't ask that question in 2020 with all of my Apple TV shows that you guys weren't watching. <laughs> I mean uh, But I was like, hey, this one, this one, this one. We tried. We tried on several Apple TV shows. You know, yeah. I, some of them Oh stopped. no, this year. I I meant when last year I wouldn't shut up about No, even Jacob last year we like, tried. Yeah, and I wouldn't shut up about uh losing Alice and I, I tried. What was the other one? Tehran. I tried. Oh, you tried that one? I, oh, see, I didn't know you tried I did. Oh. oh, yeah. Wow. I tried I tried both uh, Tehran and Defending Jacob, and I just couldn't yeah. do it. This is this was not a pre-sent question, but um, Apple TV shows, I was just doing like a retro. Physical, I felt like was a good, like unexpected. Yeah. Got me really hooked. Yeah, I liked it. I think that was one also kind of where when I saw the premise and who it was and everything i i had hoped to like it and thought i probably would and then i ended up liking it, which was great but i didn't know anything about it until it was like practically coming out <laughs> so kind of like barb and star like. <laughs> i thought i just remember thinking it was going to be more of a jane fonda yeah. like not parody but you know uh 
based on a Jane Fonda type character, and it just went in such a different direction. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Surprisingly dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would also say an outstanding performance. Yeah. For uh, Rose Byrne. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our the, the pre-written questions. Did anyone else have any categories they wanted to throw <laughs> out there? I mean, yeah, I don't know. When you look at, I'm curious when you look at Marvel as a whole, and if you were just talking about Of course, your, we're back to Marvel. <laughs> I know, but if you were just, your favorite thing to come out of the MCU this year altogether, movies and shows all included, would you choose WandaVision or would you choose your favorite movies? That was a very tough it's a tough a one. question for me. And I, I yeah, we did a, a ranking for a site I write for and I, I still stuck with Shang-Chi. And I, <clears throat> again, I think I'm, I'm picking it because of what I feel is its eventual overall importance mm -hmm. and not, you know, it's like a combination of factors. But if I'm like, oh, you know, the thing I was the most invested in dated, but, but also it's like, so it's so different because, you know, we get so many more hours with WandaVision, right? Yeah. But, but at the same time, I think when you say that, Oh, because you're looking at it because of you know its importance and stuff, and it's hard because that skews it. I still think that if 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 its importance and what it means enhances the viewing, that's still absolutely yeah, yeah. Valid. They're I mean they're inseparable. Like you know, right, I mean? it's right. absolutely valid. Still, like it it can be. It, it's like if you watch something that's terrible and you're <clears throat> saying it's the best thing of all time because it has representation. No, of then course. it's like that's something that's a little bit different. Where it's like, oh, you're you want to love it, so you love it. But if something. It's like that enhancing something for you, I still think is like absolutely just like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. It's valid. Yeah, you know? I, I think that is the thing that tipped it over the edge. Because yeah. I also, if I look at it and the, I, t I try to take the representation part out, which it's hard to, you know, remove it for me. But just, it was the next phase. I thought it was really fun. You know, I, I think it didn't require too much homework for knowing what the other phases had done. Yeah. It had characters who you know, were callbacks. So there was a bit of that, but it wasn't so bogged down and being like, here's 50 bajillion people that, you know, we've, we've seen before. And, and we, we got to focus on developing one character. And I do think like the, you know, Tony Leung as when we was like the enter, you know, anti-hero, whatever an antagonist, I don't want to call him the villain. Cause I didn't feel he, he was a villain was what it came yeah, down yeah. to. I thought that was a, a very elevated factor in it. Yeah. And what's interesting is obviously we covered all this when talking about it, but you take a movie that's, has an element from another existing movie. So it's kind of not, it's not a sequel, but you know what I mean? It has something that already existed in yeah. the MCU. And it still does have things that are pushing things forward in the MCU. But I would argue as a standalone uh, singular hero movie, it feels the most true to what I still think are kind of like the golden days of going and watching when Iron Man came out and Thor and like when they were all building yeah. up to this stuff. It mm -hmm. felt that way where it's like, oh, it's feeling. It's feeling like it's feeding into something bigger, but it's not entirely clear exactly what yet. And also it stands on its mm -hmm. own its own on its own feet in its own way. And it felt really structurally fresh for Marvel. Yes. Yeah. I'd, and so it moves that I'd, forward. I'd and that's part that. of what my love is for Inter Eternals too, is I feel like structurally it's very different. And I really truly think that five years, however many years down the line, I think people are gonna look back and I think people are actually gonna love this movie. I do. I think that right now yeah, it's too I'm polarizing for them. I'm also excited for it to come out because I do want to see it again. And I, I think you are right in that it's a, it's foundational, but we just don't realize it yet. You know? So it's interesting to see yeah. what, what it's I mean, like in the future. I don't know. I love, I love both those things for a lot of the same reasons you guys just talked about. I think WandaVision still gets my vote as my favorite Marvel thing 
share. Yeah. I think that's right. That that was the a, such a close second yeah. for me. Like it's so it's, it's so very good. difficult. To, like I don't even like saying that. It's so close. Yeah. But yeah, I had a I just loved it. I mean, structurally, it's such a beautiful love letter to like this character that we've that has existed yeah. for so long, and, and it was such an accurate thing that she would do. <laughs> you know, so it felt you, it was. You know, I yeah. love I love not only like. I love a love story. I was I just love a say tragic love, love yep, story. Yep, yep. I love yeah. I love a villain sort of in the making. I love, you know, like, so it had basically, you know, everything that I would ever witchcraft, everything I would ever want in something. So. Yeah. And so this is why I actually, again, I don't think it could have been a movie because it was so fun each week having the amount of time in between to, like, hypothesize mm-hmm. and pick it apart and look for Easter eggs. And it just, it, you know, you can't sit through, well, I mean, I guess you can, because I'm thinking of Spider-Man. I was like, yep, people probably pick through that one and, you know, every single freaking Easter egg. Week but- by week, I had that same fun watching other shows, too. Not Maybe WandaVision was better and a lot of them, but I just mean, like, I was still, I enjoyed the episodic and was still loving that, that part about it. But when I look back, I, I said it about Hawkeye, too. I'd look back and I'd like, God, everything that happened in the show, I was like, this could have been a movie. Winter Soldier, same exact thing. Could have been a movie. Yeah. Like, all of them absolutely could be movies. And so it's not to say that I guess I don't even though I say it like it's a it's a bad thing about it. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's not a movie. I just think that what we learned in the story, I think I potentially could have. I think I'd rewatch it more if it was a movie than I do as a show. <laughs> I mean, ironically, you know? <laughs> this is bringing this back to the thing we kicked this off with. You know, I feel like Book of Boba Fett should have been a movie. Maybe Probably. you know, if that's what they want to do with this, that could have been a better way to go about. Yeah. And we don't know what they want to do with it, but. Yeah. I could have seen whatever larger Star Wars story we're telling fitting into two hours. Yeah, probably. And a lot less sand people. <laughs> it's, it's that question we're going to get into, keep getting into where it's like, yeah, should it be a movie? Should it be a show? You know, because <laughs> I think that's the future yep. now. Yeah. You know? so. But I, I mean, again, to WandaVision's credit, I think it showed that like the shows can be as, mm-hmm. uh, you well, know, think- on par with production wise. <laughs> Yeah, and I think entertainment in general has been proving, you know, oh yeah, especially recently, you know, how quality of television and yeah. and made for yeah. streaming movies and content are now in you know basically indistinguishable from what used to be. It was a, it was a huge swing oh and it was successful and it was a you know I mean because I think we even talked about it could have been a lot safer to even start with Captain America Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. you know, because that was right. a little more kind of like oh obviously okay let's check it out but. Yeah, like cut, well, it's also just cut and dry, right? Yeah. Like the logic of it is and not then, and then, right. And then when I look and when I look at the release schedule for WandaVision, I think what I look at the experience is when I talk about what how I had fun watching Captain America: Winter Soldier. I didn't feel like any episode. I, every episode ended for me and me. I wanted the next one, but it felt like okay, that was a sizable chunk of something we got this week. Whereas WandaVision, some of the weeks was like, oh, we got a twenty minute episode, and then it was just over for a whole week, and then I felt frustrated by. You know what I mean? Where I was like sad about that. Yeah. But I had a blast. I still love it. I, you know, we're talking about our favorite children, you know, it's like, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- thus wraps up our, I got we got to come, I don't, maybe we don't come up with it. Our 2021 year in review. <laughs> Moving on to 2022. It, so in addition to Book of Opet, I guess we all watched uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah. I could, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, I, I did know. it. I by your face and I was like, it sounds I like you really it. liked it. It was, I mean, I I give it credit in that it felt like a play production wise, but like transported to movie. Cause we talked about, we talked about this mostly with like the musicals, right? And a couple of the play adaptations. Cause I think, I don't remember if 
the boys in the band was this year or last year, but you know, I was like, okay, this is a very creative way to make something feel like it's a stage show, but take advantage of some of the um, lack of constraints that film has. But I was just, it was so whispery. <laughs> and I feel like when you're not in a live theater and they don't actually have to stage whisper at you, just something gets lost. And I, I struggled through it real hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really liked it. I I think for me, I I, agree, I understand all that, and I I would yeah. I don't even know who I would recommend it to. To be honest, I found it. I, I don't know how accessible I would have found it had I not known the story of Macbeth already, or at least mm-hmm. been familiar enough with it because I've seen the movies and read it before, like in the back in the day. But it's not my favorite story or anything. But I remember enough of it to where I could. You don't have to understand everything they're saying to know what's going on, right? But if I if I had no idea, you know, I, I don't know how I would have felt. But visually, I thought every frame I just thought was like, well, not every frame, but most frames were like, had this, they were just so beautiful. I thought so many were stunning. And I thought it was just, when the music was there, I loved it. And like the performances and it felt like the most Shakespeare adaptation of a Shakespeare thing that I feel like I've ever seen. I, yeah, I think that's that's a fair way to describe it. Yeah, I, I would say for me, like I thought that it, I thought it was visually stunning. Like it was a very cool. It's basically like we're, what we're all talking about. It had, you know, um, a vision, right? And it it stuck to it, and it it stayed true to the source material, and didn't try to transport it into somewhere real, or you know, it it created its own Shakespeare environment where people speak like that, you know, mm-hmm. and have such wonderful you know, grayscape, uh, you know, sharp contrast and non-contrast. And it was just beautiful. I do wish that I had like emotionally connected better to the story. I won't say that like, it's not my favorite either, uh, especially Shakespeare. I'm I'm more fond of Shakespeare's comedies, honestly. Mm-hmm. So his melodramas are just that little melodramatic for me sometimes. So yeah, I mean, because I didn't emotionally connect to the story very well, it can't be one of my favorites, but I I thought it was very beautiful and very cool what they did with it. Yeah, I I mean I read the play, oh God, so long ago now, so I remembered parts of it but forgot others. So I was struggling a little bit with that, and that's on me, you know. But also thinking about okay, well, can someone who doesn't already have a familiarity with Shakespeare come into this? I I don't think the answer is yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like I I I would be interested to hear from someone who uh, watched it and enjoyed it and uh, had not any familiarity with it. I thought, I thought, I have to say, I thought Frances McDormand as Lady Macbeth was the standout by far. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was fantastic, but I, I still think Catherine Hunter is as witches. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the, for me, the part is impactful, but not as yeah. much. I don't know. It has less yeah. to do. She just, she just, yeah. to me, every time she was, even when she played that old man, I was like, I don't know why she was the old man, but I could tell it was her. <laughs> uh, but the every time the witches were there, I thought that she just, it just like, she just commanded such attention. And, I, and also part of it's the way it was shot and all the way. I, mean, it was a lot I was of just going to say, I, I was like. I thought she was incredible. Like she, I, I left there thinking like, God, who is she? I had to look up her name because I wasn't, I don't remember her name. Before. I also struggled with Denzel in this. I thought he, I thought he, I liked him fine, but I thought that he found his footing a little bit more as he started to go crazy whereas Mm -hmm. at first it kind of just sounded like Denzel reading Shakespeare lines 
Whereas yeah. Frances McDormand well, has a way, you know, where she just, I believe this was, I believe these are the thoughts that go through. I Frances believe she McDormand's was going to murder someone. Like yes, yes. Her, I think at night when she's seeing <laughs> her, I think this is how she, how she thinks in her head. Uh, and then yeah. it was kind of this thing where I love Ralph Innocen, you know, and. Uh, I know he was in it for so little. He was in it for so little. And I love him. And obviously he was the Green Knight this year. And that's a performance I liked. His, well, also not in him a lot, but I, I liked his voice as that. I really just love him. And I was watching and I was thinking, God, imagine if he was Macbeth. I think, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? Like I could hear him yeah. just reciting all that stuff. I was like, oh, you know. The, I mean, I, you know who else was actually pretty good at it? Um, Harry Melling. Yeah, I know. But I was like, wow, he's was really having like a good he's having a year. He really is. He's having, know? yeah, he, like the last few years, he's really come. But I was, I haven't seen, God, what, which one is he in? Oh, uh, so I haven't seen much ado about nothing in a very long time, probably as long as it's been since I read. But I just remember it being more accessible. Obviously, the play itself is more accessible, but Denzel's like Shakespearean interpretation. And maybe it's just because the tone of that movie was so much different and not trying to that was trying to be a movie version of Shakespeare. And this is like a play that is taking place on film. And I, you know, it. Yeah, but I I I was just like, I don't remember. I don't remember struggling so much with this. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's that's a fair observation though, because it's a thing where you're like, if I've read it and I'm struggling with this, it's like, what does that say about? Yeah, who's I the guess, audience? Like, who who is yeah. it for? Uh, I did find myself thinking during it and a little bit after as well, because I was thinking about that thought about how it just felt like the most Shakespeare Shakespeare thing I'd seen on film, but. Yeah. I love the melodrama. Like that's the I, I'm I'm here for all that stuff. I like I love when people are just being outrageous and stupid about drama. But I was also thinking in the way that I like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, how they kept the language but modernized it. Mm-hmm. I thought you know what would make me love this even more is if they filmed it exactly like this they casted it this way everything was like this but they modernized the language and it was like this Mm. really melodramatic story (laughs) like the same story and everything and all the imagery and stuff but like a maybe that's it because i would have loved that i love baz luhrmann's romeo and juliet i am i like it yeah i I mean i like it i'm not in love with it but i like it it's probably my well, favorite version of yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I was literally like a thirteen-year-old girl when it came out, so it's very, you were the the target. I was that person. I do. I'm trying to think because I remember I took AP English and we watched four or five different versions of Hamlet, and I'm trying to remember if any of them. I mean, one of them was The Lion King, so we'll disqualify that. But I'm trying to remember if any of them did that, where they took the the language and modernized. You know, they took the meaning and modernized the language. Um, and I'd have to go back and remember because, like, I I also feel like Macbeth is not one of Shakespeare's plays that gets adapted to the screen as often. No, yeah. you know, like there's twenty kajillion on screen versions of Hamlet, right? In various things and 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 the you know a lot of the comedies and romances and whatever. But yeah, I think it is a hard one to do. Yeah, you know, I think it is. It is a hard one to do. I think, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I'm actually, I don't know what. What and when? Oh, it's going to be on Apple TV Plus in January. I think that's that's their film. So yeah, yeah. They just did a theatrical window, whatever. But I imagine I'll probably watch it again, honestly. And I'm curious oh, if I, I don't, I don't. I'm curious if how I feel after getting through it again. You know, if I feel like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not some genius who understood everything they said either. And so it, sometimes that can get taxing if you're like, okay, I watched this a thousand times and I still, you know. But sometimes I don't know. I like 
I like that kind of like it's different, but you know, talking Ralph Innocent, but I love the witch, right? And it's like that for some people at first was like I didn't understand what they were saying because they're speaking like an old mm-hmm. English, you know. But uh, yeah, I found the the adventure, if you will, of of interpreting everything they're saying over multiple watches really fun. I I was thinking about because I can't remember the last time I saw Shakespeare live. It may have been like Shakespeare in the Park in New York, which would have been a while ago as well. But I do think there is something about seeing Shakespeare live and about just being able to read another person's physical body language that tells a lot of the story for you. And for whatever reason, a lot of that gets lost the second you put like a camera in front of it. Well, because and, and yeah. you're focusing on other things yeah. in the film. Like you see the body language, but you're the camera, you know, you're switching angles and different things and shots are different. Sometimes it's a headshot versus like, you know, it's a close up or a medium shot. But, you know, it's like where you're right. used to seeing this person's body in its entirety and watching it as a play. You're in a different mindset, yeah. I think. Yeah, so I think that made it just a little bit harder to refollow as well. Yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a really good point. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I I respect it. I think it's a interesting like time capsule, not time capsule, but it's just like a preservation of Shakespeare, possibly. <laughs> but I don't know who I'd recommend the movie to. Yeah, aside from Shakespeare buffs and theater buffs. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't. I'm not sure. I haven't recommended it to anybody. I haven't told anyone not to, but no one's asked me, so I'm not really sure what I think. <laughs> not really sure what I think about that yet. You well, I was actually you were like, no one's asked me. Yeah, <laughs> but if you wanted to, I'd tell you. I was surprised that you went to the theatrical. I figured you'd both watch it eventually, or that I'd make you watch it possibly. <laughs> um, but I that you proactively like went yeah. to and not wait and didn't wait for Apple TV Plus where it was interesting. Oh yeah, no, this was on. My, I've been waiting for this for a little bit. It was on my list. Oh, I wanted I just, to see it too. I was. I was into it. I like the show. Do you think that uh, Florence, that Francis might take the award twice in a row? I don't. Well, like I'm in the middle of filling out my ballot for my critics group. And I'm just like, I don't, I didn't feel anyone was outstanding. Like I can't think of memorable singular performances this year. And part of it's weighted in, you know, I watched a lot of films in the last two weeks. And so that it always gets like a little jumbly because also all the awards contenders come out. Right. But I just I didn't feel like there was any one role for anybody no. you didn't have <laughs> that made the, me go like you didn't have them. the Natalie Portman Black Swan, you know, it wasn't like that. I did not have the, like, oh, okay. the the Natalie Portman Black Swan. I mean, I'm she'll probably get a nomination. This is again, this is why it goes this this year is like that weird asterisk yeah. year, you know. But I I'm sure she'll get a nomination. I think it'll think it'll be yeah, it'll be her, maybe Kristen. I think Kristen will. Do you think oh, they'll do you think Nicole? Maybe. I don't know. It depends on the Amazon money. I'm looking at Olivia Coleman. Varieties maybe. contenders. Uh, they have, I know Jackie refuses to see it, and I support the fully in this. Oh, uh, Alana okay. Haim from Licorice Pizza. Uh, Lady, they have, this is, okay, Lady, this Gaga. is like, Lady Gaga. Uh, Nicole, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Yeah, Olivia Coleman. I was gonna say, she was great in that. I mean, she's always great. But. I could see the girl from West Side Story. Yeah, she was good. I mean, you know. She was yeah. good. Yeah, she was good. I just don't know if it's like. Yeah you know, this year. I think we're going to have Olivia Coleman on there for sure. Just because. I think she and Francis both will be because they both were really great, but also they're just, the Academy loves them, clearly. So right. it's like they can, it's kind of like, as much as I think Meryl always deserves things, I think it's like she can breathe and get a nomination. I think that's kind of how they are now, in a way, with the Academy. Well, yeah. I mean, I also think this year, if we're looking for Meryl's spot, it's going to be in supporting for Don't Look Up. Yeah, so for sure. But I just mean, as far as I think that they'll get on that ticket because of it. And I think Kristen probably will too, just because there was buzz about that in a way no one, ex- people didn't oh, expect, you know? Yes. Yeah. She is absolutely, you know, 
pull it like I, I i mean she might win it for all i know but i didn't feel like it was i mean we talked about it yeah. i didn't feel like it was the most you know again it wasn't natalie and jackie you know what i mean it was, <laughs> but it was it was i loved it i loved her performance i mean I, was, if you want to pick a natalie and best actor, natalie and closer is the answer well, i mean it, uh, but yeah i just yeah. mean you know same director so i was like <laughs> i don't know i mean i i would i would pose this question for any like when you said michelle pfeiffer for um yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But I just felt like nobody in particular this year, actor, actress, whatever, however they identify, like, I was like, that performance, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the one. I think there are movies that were good as a whole, yeah. but. Yeah, I have a harder yeah. time with actor, as always, but with the actresses, I I think the those ladies are going to be nominated. I don't know who should win or will win, but that remains to be seen. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see when we do an Oscars episode at some point. Sure, we will. We sure will. All right. And then our, our last thing for this week is our new segment. We are called We're Watching What? <laughs> what are you watching this week? I have I'm... been watching The Good Wife. I have never seen this show before. That's um, a commitment. And I'm, I don't know, I started it like a week ago and now I'm in like season four or something. It's, yeah, I enjoy it. I'm having a good time. I love a courtroom drama. I always thought that I... You know, my other life would be a lawyer, mm. you know, if it was anything like it is on TV, which it is probably not. Yeah, uh, that's what I've been watching. It's a good time. It's uh, right. got little like interpersonal drama mixed in with courtroom drama. All How many seasons? Heaven. It's a lot of seasons at this point, right? I think there's seven. That's a lot. That's a lot of seasons. Yeah. Or at least right. there's seven on whatever. I think it's seven. Because yeah. then they did, they did uh, a spinoff, <laughs> right? Yeah. The good fight. The good fight is the other one. Okay. All right. That's a that's a good one, Matt. Well, I won't bore you with continued. Of course, I'm rewatching Rebels again. But but <laughs> I, as far as other, I, don't, I haven't really been like starting any any other like big shows as of like right now in the last couple I mean, weeks. It could be a movie. But, but... <laughs> I did watch Swan Song on Apple TV just the other day. Oh, I, thought, I still need to watch that. I, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. I thought the performances from the four being Naomi Harris and Mah- Mahershala and uh, Aquafina and close i thought we're strong and uh okay it's an interesting concept i would say so it's it's kind of like an interesting like oh would you do this type of thing i don't know yeah. anything about it but i will probably have to watch it at some point yeah. so sad all right i'm gonna go very lowbrow with mine I'm watching a show on netflix called singles inferno hmm. and it is like an amalgamation of all my favorite reality shows well not all of them but it, it's a korean show i will like say that up front so you have to read subtitles they are dropping it in weekly batches which is uh slightly different there's only eight but it's a bunch of people on an island uh very hot people of course because it's netflix and they have to couple up or like try and couple up and there's like an uneven number and they vote on each other and the island itself is a little like survivor-y and that you know there's there's running water well they have to go fetch water actually which is kind of funny but there's you know there's like toilets and there's a, a camp a tent with beds and stuff like that but if they go on dates they get to go to a, a very very nice hotel but there's just a lot of like I don't, wholesome is not the right word but i would i would say it's like a middle school level of flirting happening where it's like oh he didn't sit by me this week. Like, he's no longer interested. I can't believe he did this. And then there are also physical challenges where they have to compete for things. And, it, you know, it's just been a blast. I I would <laughs> recommend it. You do start getting really invested in their relationships, even though they're not fully formed relationships. You know, it's like, you've known each other less than 24 hours and somebody's pining for this person, but they're clearly into this other person. And, uh, and Oh, and they're also commentators. 
who I absolutely love, who like, will they'll like take a break and then you'll cut to the commentators who are just like talking about it, who are equally invested. So Singles Inferno on Netflix. The final episodes drop on the 8th. So that's my, that's my, what I'm watching right now. You had me at Hot People. There we go, You you may know this, but I am not uh, overwhelmingly interested in non-Hot People stories. I mean, that's why we're in this, this show together, right? (laughs) Um, They they truly are. They're, I mean, they're almost all fitness models, well, or models or whatever fit. it is. It's there's so many abs on this show. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for this week. Yeah. Thank you both. Happy, happy 2022. Happy 2022. <laughs> that has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.